welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to our breakfast webinar with Nigel and Mark. A very warm welcome to you all and also to our listeners on our Property Portfolio podcast. Morning, Nigel. How are you, sir? Morning, Mark. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? You okay? Yeah, all good. And it's a very special time for us at the moment, isn't it? For, for a number of reasons, actually. Do you know, we was reflecting the other day and it's been six whole years since we retired from corporate life, Nigel. Incredible. Incredible. Six um, years. 25 you- <laughs> years in the pit and then six years since. Indeed. Yeah. And, to, know, and, and to boot, you know, 20 odd years prior to that in corporate world and those, you know, those corporate handcuffs that we kind of had. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a journey of, I think, gaining back our, you know, life on our terms, really. And um, certainly stepping out and, well, um, initially retiring, then getting bored and then doing something different, <laughs> um, you know, was was the route forward, wasn't it? But, uh, yeah, what a journey. Six years, gosh. And we called taking control of our personal economy, and that's what we set out to do all those six years ago. And um, and the, the other milestone we've just had, we've just passed the, the end of the financial year for... Uh, for many people, so that means employee and employer contributions. So uh, yep. uh, into our SaaS, so that was a, a well well sought after event each year. So we always look forward to that. Absolutely, you know, and it, th- this year particularly, you know, we uh, we, we maxed out on those contributions. Um, we we also spread across financial years as well, which um, you know was a was a good thing to do. And um, yeah, a few trips down to Metro Bank, I have to say. <laughs> but all done, dusted, ticked the box, and you know, looking forward to next year. So uh, yeah, really good. And that's um, you know, that's all part of how we take control of, of our personal economy. And, <clears throat> and looking back on that journey when we left corporate life, the the big one for us that we we just had to grasp was how do we take control of our pensions. You know, we were we were in our mid forties at the time, and we'd worked twenty five years in corporate life. We'd amounted decent pensions. How do we take control of those pensions? And, and that was a bit of a head scratcher for us. And you know, we we dived in. We we don't procrastinate, but we do do a lot of due diligence very quickly. And um, we found this amazing thing called SAS. And and since then, um, Nigel and I, have, it's been an absolute privilege to to get to know one of the the foremost experts in SAS pensions in, in the UK. And, and that relationship has really blossomed into becoming fellow directors of, of SAS Alliance. Um, and it, it just goes to show how taking control of your economy, growing your wealth, is just a life journey. It's something that takes time. And we took time through connections. And I'm absolutely delighted that our fellow director of SAS Alliance owner of, of Wealth Builders and the probably the, the most experienced SaaS 
uh, corporate trustee and trustee I know in the country, Kevin Whelan, is joining us here today. So a very good morning, Kevin. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. I hope you had a good, relaxing and enjoyable Easter. Now you're refreshed and recharged and ready for the new tax year. Absolutely. Getting excited about pensions, guys. What's going on? Looking forward to maxing out your contributions, which, of course, I did as well, um, as I always do. But, uh, you know, good fun. And uh, always, it's been great to to jump on that uh, journey with you and, and also to kind of really try and get a movement going, trying to get people interested in taking control of money, which for most people gets frozen or forgotten put in a drawer, put in a filing cabinet, sometimes shredded to line the hamster's cage, but all sorts of reasons why that documentation just drifts away. But you've grasped it, I've grasped it, and we're on a mission to try and help as many other people to to get control of those pensions and do something that they want to do to make them a part of their future, not languishing as part of their past, as you say, with the handcuffs, Nigel. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how, you know, it's one of the largest bank accounts that most people have. But it's probably the area they focus the least on. And, and actually, hands up, I was one of those people for a quarter of a century. Oh, say that again slowly, a quarter of a century. That's, that's how long. I, I, I call it the SAS wilderness now. Um, but, uh, you know, why, why, why is that? And as you say, that, that movement we're trying to create of um, that understanding uh, for, for people to understand whether a SAS is right for them. But before we dive into SAS, um, and many people will will know in this community, will know you, of course, very well, um, Kevin from Wealth Builders and, and SAS Alliance. But maybe you could just introduce yourself, you know, a bit of your background and where you come from and, and some of your drivers in life. Well, I was born on the 26th of February. <laughs> uh, not, not that far back, no? no. Not that far back. No. <laughs> okay. So, um, look... For somebody who doesn't know my story, the big catalyst for me was the sad and tragic death of my father in uh, 1985. In fact, he was 46 years of age, a North Sea oil rig worker, business owner, um, you know, had a, a crew of people working on the oil rigs and he was their kind of agent, so to speak. Um, so a successful guy, um, ex-welder from the, the time. Anyway, he died. Uh, and, and sad as that was, it didn't really hit me that badly until probably I was about 28, 29, when I thought, hang on a minute. If I go when he goes at 46, looking at the salary I'm on as a young economist at the time, I, I can't save enough money here. You know, just can't possibly do it. So I remember it was the 18th of August, 1988, and I stopped trading time for money on that day and said, that's me done. I'm not working in, in a job anymore. I'm going to build things and own things and create things that will put money into my life. So if I die, you know, and that was a bit morbid, but that was the plan. So I spent my whole life's work uh, working out what to do, how to create assets. And I've determined, and it's, you know, my IP, that there are seven and only seven assets that you can use to build wealth. Pension is number two, by the way. Um, And therefore, it's really important to recognize that if you build wealth in multiple streams of continually recurring income, then irrespective of pandemic or no, Brexit or no, Labour or Conservative, Trump or Biden, none of it matters because you're financially bulletproof for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed that journey personally. No mentors, no guides, no path to follow. 
uh, created the path for myself. And uh, since 2008, when the credit crunch came, you know, I started teaching it to others as a as a guide and a mentor to others. And then now through coaches and a whole community of wealth builders, uh, teach that through um, courses and programs and give loads and loads of information for free, just as you guys do as well. Because, you know, I think it's, it's time to try and shake people up because you're either going to create assets in your life or you're going to work till you die. And that's Buffett saying that, by the way. It's not just Kevin Whelan. And I think that's true. I mean, all the evidence is people working in their 70s now, uh, doing all sorts of things they didn't want to do. Uh, and I think there's a pathway to secure financial independence so much earlier. And I'm proud to lead a community of people who do that. And and SAS is a very rich part of that. Because as you say, Mark, for many, it's their biggest bank account. And it's the one that they languish. You know, they, they allow the financial services industry to uh, to take control. And then they delegate that money and delegation turns into abdication and I'm determined for that not to happen. So I do everything in my power to to get people to, to break free of the thinking that says, delegate your money to third parties and hope for the best. You know, I want them to take control, to be truly empowered. And that's why SAS is, you know, really is at the hub of that because it's an asset you can use, you can take it and you can make it build all of those assets. You can turn it into property, you can turn it into business, you can turn it into joint ventures and collaborations as you do so very well, and you can turn it into intellectual property. You know, you can use your pension to create books and courses and and all sorts of things that will put more income into your life. And that's really kind of what I do. So if, if, if that's a good enough answer to my passion, my life's work and my story, uh, that sets the scene for why I'm involved in SAS. And, and, and as someone who's been around finance, I've got an economics degree, uh, qualified IFA, still got a mortgage broking business. I've got eight businesses in total. And all of those businesses have one thing in common, recurring income. And if you get recurring income, you're going to be safe. So go for that. Oh, I think that's truly inspiring. And and what must be inspiring for you is is seeing people take the the support and the guidance that, that you provide and seeing them achieve just absolutely amazing that's things. That's in it. The world. That, that's my sole purpose now. You know, I spend my time talking to people to say, look, you know, <laughs> they know now, by the way, you know, everybody, my reputation is known that people know I'm not doing it to make their money. Yeah, there has to be some money. So I've got bills to pay for other people to keep the mission going. But in truth, it's all about, I get so much satisfaction from seeing people actually leave us in our community. And we had one recently, a guy called Martin, who left. It took him about, uh, well, about five years or so. But he left the community and said, I'm so happy. I'm financially independent. I'm now going to enjoy the fruits of this. Thanks to you guys. Bye. And it's like, yeah, the work's well done, but most for most people, it takes about five to seven years to create financial independence. From a, you know, from once you get committed to it, some people can do it sooner. Um, I mean, you guys have done outstandingly well, doubling your pension value. It took you twenty-five years to build in as many months. I mean, that's spectacular. But you know, you are unique, driven guys, aren't you? And most people don't have the time to do that. So the fact that you retired early meant you had time leverage. Most people don't have that time leverage, so they're trying to build their wealth at the same time as holding down a job. And some people do that outstandingly well as well. And I'm thinking, 
particularly people like, you know, as we know in our community, Louise Wrighton, who's just like a little powerhouse all of her own, isn't she? She's holding down a full-time high-powered job of building her wealth on the side and doing it really, really well. And I'm proud that she's in our community, both in the SAS Alliance community and the Wealth Builder community, and um, is an inspiration with girls just want to have funds, you know. <laughs> just makes me smile. Just that's, that's the joy of it. It's not about the money. It's just about seeing what they're doing. I'm just thrilled to be there. That passion, it just brims over it. it just just love those sessions um, that we have. So um, many of our listeners are, I suspect, involved in in property, property development. Some may have come across SAS and some may be wondering what we're talking about uh, as SAS. So uh, maybe you can take it for granted, I guess. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can debunk some myths. And uh, so what is a SAS, Kevin, in, in its basic terms? Well, in its basic terms, people know that you know most people in the UK, in the US, have some form of pension in their life to help them towards a retirement nest egg. And for the most part, it's a personal scheme. It's a scheme for one. You know, you're paddling your own kayak, you know, with your company pension, with your personal pension, whatever you're doing, you know, there you go. You know, you're, you're, you're off and running. And um, for the most part, you're swimming against the tide or you're, pu- you're pulling against the tide because you've got fees and charges and volatility all stacked up against you, making it really, really hard to get control. Control is the key word. You normally simply, and those kind of pensions, you've delegated that control. I mentioned that earlier on. A SaaS, very, very unfortunate choice of term, I'm afraid. You know, no marketing prizes. You know, you and I in a room would never come up with that title. But unfortunately, it's kind of legal words. Pension words themselves often gray and impenetrable, which is why people switch off. So let's debunk that one. Small, self-administered scheme. So it's basically three ideas. Small means less than 12. So essentially what they're saying is in pension law, instead of having a pension for one, you can now have a pension for up to 11. Why is that important? Well, it means now you can take control of the scheme through a limited company. So you have to have a limited company and you're setting up basically a small company pension scheme. And if that would be a small company, wouldn't it? 11 people or, or less. Um, a big scheme like Tesco's or, or Virgin or whatever, they're, they're, they're regulated differently. They've got completely separate rules. And what's great about this is in the small entrepreneur section of pensions, there's incredible control incredible flexibility and incredible tax efficiency. And we'll come on to some of those, I'm sure. So that's small. Now, in your case, you've got four in your SAS, haven't you? You two and your respective wives. And that means you've got more money, more leverage, more power that you can put to work as opposed to just having one scheme. And of course, the other benefit there is one fee divided by four. You know, And that's not to be underestimated, given fees or a break on any kind of returns. Self-administered is a misnomer. It really means self-directed. So you become a trustee. That's your legal definition. You say, hey, I want to take control. I want to be the trustee. I don't want it to be insurance company A or insurance company B or employer C or employer D. I want that control. You refer to it, Mark, as controlling your personal economy. So you get that money and it becomes part of your life. It's now your bank account. 
Interestingly enough, Nige, most people use Metro Bank. So they open a bank account with Metro Bank and then they control all of that money. Now they can control it and it's almost unfettered opportunity to build wealth with that. Just a couple of exceptions. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But you can do whatever it is that you're capable of doing as an entrepreneur and property is the most popular asset by far. So you self-direct. Now, like any good business, you would normally have an accountant. So a SaaS has a bookkeeper, normally known as a corporate trustee or a SaaS administrator. The terminology is a bit weird and wonderful. But nonetheless, it's someone who's keeping score, keeping the books, and keeping it legal. So if you've got a small company, you're an entrepreneur, and you want to take control of your money, you're willing to give yourself direction. Maybe you need some instruction, some help, sure. But you learn that just like as you learn a property strategy. And scheme is just another word for pension. So personal pension scheme, self-invested personal pension scheme, small self-administered scheme. So scheme is pension, small is less than 12, and self-administration means self-direction. And, and what it does is it gives power to do so many things. And uh, you've taken advantage of those in what you've done with yours. And, um, and I think it's probably the most underestimated, overlooked tool in the world of wealth building. It's so powerful. Uh, income tax-free, corporation tax-free, capital gains tax-free, inheritance tax-free, you know, compound upon compound on compound of tax-free, and you get tax relief. The reason you put money in is you've got corporation tax back on your contributions. So therefore you get the tax back. And then you, all the growth you get is tax-free. So it's like tax-free haven, a haven for tax-free stuff. And up to a million quid without any questions asked, you can build. You know, it just gets a bit more complicated after a million, but that's a different problem. Um, but it's just so good to know how it works. And uh, we spend our time, don't we, in SAS Alliance, just trying to evangelize about it to get people to think, could this work for me? You know, it's not for everybody. You've got to be an entrepreneur. You've got to be a limited company owner. But um, if you're motivated, it could completely revolutionize the speed at which you build your wealth. Yeah. And also... Very, very powerfully, given my story, you know, the importance of that to me is the legacy. You know, it's Absolutely. a much more powerful legacy because you invite your children as trustees mm. uh, whenever they're ready. Obviously, there's an, uh, there's an age which you are entitled to become a trustee, not before it's age 18, but probably, certainly in my experience, probably around late 20s, early 30s is a good time to get them involved um, and then you're not just passing over money, you're passing over wisdom that goes with that. And that's a very powerful thing. Can you imagine doing that with a normal pension? I mean, for most kids, the pension dies. They never see it. Yeah. yeah this is a way to perpetuate that between generations. Uh, it's an intergenerational tax planning tool. Have I said enough about SAS? I mean, I just can't stop talking. SAS is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you know, two, two takeaways for me really in, in, well, in, in our short experience of SaaS, you know, first of all, we, we mentioned the quarter of a centering in the corporate world and the connection with our pension, which was the most uninspiring event every single year. I think it was around a December period when the, the letterbox would flutter and the letter would drop on and I'd open it and I'd be hugely uninspired. And, and just to see those you know, enormous amount of fees taken prior to the results and the results were never particularly inspiring. So, you know, parties were being pay paid for underperformance, in my view. 
and it would got filed away. And I think, you know, at the anniversary, the same event to happen. So totally un- uninspiring. So totally un- unconnected, number one. Num- number two, um, I-, I think a point that should be mentioned more and more. I mean, we, Mark and myself and two other colleagues, we, we just passed a, a very sad anniversary of one of our, our colleagues uh, who left the corporate world. He, he passed away five years ago, um, the age of 50, 52, 53. And, um, you know, Pete was looking to join us, you know, with our SAS, didn't quite get there. You know, nature took its its toll, unfortunately. And, um, and you know, his wife and family got 50% of the pension. And how can that be right, Kevin? How can that be right? And now, obviously, in our, in our SAS environment, you know, that's completely changed. So if the event happens, God forbid, you know, our families get 100% of the pot. And I think that's, you know, that's a real a real key point, even if you did nothing with the SAS, you know, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to do a lot of nothing to, to, to even get anywhere near that 50%. It just gets wiped away. So that, that, those yeah. two key points. I mean, that, that, that's a very sad, you know, reminder and not, not unlike my dad, um, you know, who unfortunately, and this is often the case, you know, that uh, busy people, busy people in jobs, busy people in, in their businesses, as my dad was, didn't get round to doing some things, you know, that's good intentions, bad execution. And, um, you know, it did inspire me to do something like he had no will, should have had a will, didn't have any life cover, should have had some life cover, dad, you know, left a mortgage, shouldn't have left a mortgage, didn't have a business recurring plan or a recovery plan. So when the all the guys who were working for him when he died, stopped working for him and went working for somebody else. Yeah. So his business didn't didn't recover. So that just left financial devastation, which I was determined never to allow that to happen. And that's been an important driver for me. But you don't have to have devastation to do that. You could just be inspired by by somebody else doing something outstanding. You know that uh, doesn't always have to be a tragedy that serves as a catalyst. But you know, just to reinforce that point, though, Nigel, it's not just that the you know the wife who probably didn't really pay much attention. Um, if, you know, she was on the receiving end of the pension, she never actually got the statement herself. Mm. She may not even been aware of it and lost or saw 50% reduce. The kids won't get an inheritance. Exactly. They'll get zero. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just a big, big tragic waste. And I understand why it is economically mm. um, because these schemes are designed to pay people who survive and it's an insurance fund. Um, but why would you have an insurance fund for your wealth? You know, you might as well, for somebody else's wealth, if you see what I mean, you might as well just do the best you can, learn what you can, and and get involved with your own money because in the end, you can't pass on a legacy unless you know something. Yeah. Because all you're doing is passing on money with no knowledge and then, well, we know what happens to that. There's so many life case studies of money just dissipating from one generation to the next because mum and dad died, you know, the first generation celebrate, the second generation kind of lament that what's left and the third generation got now. You know, and that's just the way it is. And that's even the language in countries has the, as a term for it, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations, clogs to clogs in three generations. It's just true. So if you build wisdom alongside money, then you can safeguard that. And, and that's one of the things we teach in Wealth Builders is how to create a family charter so that you create a set of rules so that the kids abide by the rules 
and feel proud to be associated with it. And they're there to give back, not just to receive, but to receive and give back. Yeah. And when you do that, you're perpetuating lots of things, not just for your own family, but for good causes and other things that you may want to support. Well, we're getting a bit off SAS topic, but it's all part of the same thing now, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It really is. And there's so many people, and I class myself as one of them, got caught up in corporate life for so many years and just didn't understand what a pension truly was, what its boundaries were, um, what the potential was. And all of that time, a SAS existed. Because, Kevin, a SAS isn't something new, is it? No. Which might be a surprise to many. Yeah, they've been going since the 70s, but they, they've really been the domain of, um, I think originally they were they were there for the, the kind of um, the owner-manager director who just wanted the flexibility to be able to put money in when he wanted or who she wanted. You know, when times were up, times were down, they had the flexibility to be able to put more in from time to time. So that was the real flexibility then. Um but I think it's just it's just caught on now, particularly in property, because I mean, if you think about what would you rather have, the volatility, the uncertainty, and the fees associated with being in the stock market or invest in property where you can add your own value irrespective of the state of the market, you can control your own fees, and you can create value in so many different ways. Um, and you guys know that because you're outstanding experienced developers so you know where value gets added well if you can do that and use your pension to do it either as a facilitator or actually the purchaser then you can decide well do i want to use this pension to grow a bigger tax-free pot or to facilitate the growth of my business well you don't have any of that control if it's in the hands of an insurance company they're just going to say it's in our hands i mean they measure it as funds under management and these businesses um associate their own success with how many other people's funds have they got? Well, I'm sorry about that. That's really not my motivation. I don't want somebody's funds under my management. I want them to manage their funds um, and take the time to learn how to do it if it suits them. Yep. Yeah. So you've seen and, and guided uh, many people over the years could you share with us some of the some of the things you can do with a SaaS and some of the experiences you've seen many of the members of your community embrace and achieve great things? So, you know, what can you do with a SaaS? Well, you know, I'm a teacher of this stuff, Mark. So on another day, you know, I'll tell you the seven key strategies, which are all the buy, bridge, borrow, bank, boost, buddy, build. And, and you know, there's like so many different ways you can use your, your, your SaaS. Uh, bank was the one I forgot there. So, you know, there's seven different strategies, but the most popular by far, I think two of them would be the buy strategy, which means you can take the money in your pension and you go and acquire something. You know, so what would that acquisition be? Well, for some people, it could be as simple as buying stock market assets, but as a wholesale customer, not a retail customer. So they can buy at a fraction of the price that a retail customer would buy because they can control their own fees. So, even those people who buy in the stock market, a SaaS could potentially be cheaper for them in the long term. Or they could buy alternative investments like gold or cryptocurrency or peer-to-peer platforms, you know, almost none of which are available in conventional pensions. Uh, or they could buy property. You know, and the most popular strategy is land, commercial property, commercial to residential, um, industrial units, storage units 
care homes, student accommodation. I mean, whatever the richness and the diversity in property, you know, your SAS can play a role in there. Not always as simple as buying because there are some rules and we don't want to get into that too much. Um, you know, but the key one is, you know, you can facilitate so many things from there as you've done yourselves with uh, properties in Hull, the properties in Portal Precinct, you know, and others. And, and it's not just that, actually. It's when you when you realize the power in SaaS, you're not limited to your own SaaS. You can connect with other people's. So if you can bring that instruction, that guidance, that inspiration to others, then other people can lend to you to gain value from that. So if you're a developer thinking, ah, pension, mention, I'm not interested. But don't worry if you can speak the SaaS language, just a little bit of language. You know, pensions are a much richer source of potential collaboration than a, a conventional pension, which can't be unlocked. Um, so that's, you know, I'd say that's what most people do, Mark. They'll get involved in some way in, in property. And for those who will know that you cannot own and, and, and keep held inside this tax-free haven residential property, but we do know facilitation is possible because there's a unique aspect to SAS, uh, which isn't available in SIP. It's not available in any conventional pension at all, which is called the loan back or the pension loan back or SAS loan back. And essentially, it's 50% of the value of the pension can be loaned back to the company. And if the company does property things, then you can use the money to do those things, including residential property. So there are so many ways that the money can be used. And, and of course, as you're borrowing your own money, let's think about that. You have an underwriting decision of a conversation with yourself, or in your case, you too. You know, you can borrow the money at one over base if you choose to. The base at one point, base is point one, so one point one. I mean, I know some good mortgage brokers, Mark, but I don't know anybody who can get me a mortgage at one point one. Um, and you know, you're paying the money back to yourself. So you're borrowing from yourself, paying back to yourself and using your own money. And it's all tax-free. You know, so it's just a wonderful opportunity to learn more. And while for many people, you know, it's it's new language. So like anything, though, you have to overcome that language and take some time in education. But you can't get wealthy speaking the language of employeeship. You know, you've got to understand what's an entrepreneur, what's a business, what's a SaaS, what's property, what different types of property are there? What does a loan back mean? What are the what are the rules? But they're not complicated. They're just new if you haven't come across them before. So they'd be the most the two most popular. So the buying of something, uh, whatever you want to buy, and then you grow that money tax free, and the loan back. Um, and I suppose the third most popular would be the lending. So lending to third parties, that collaboration that I mentioned earlier on. So they they would be the three: the buy, the borrow. A bridge, and there are others too, but it's, they'd be the three most popular, I would say, out of the seven. Incredibly powerful, and that collaboration is a is a deep vein that runs right the way through all of the corporate trustees, uh, all the trustees that that, that we know. It, it's an incredibly eclectic community, and what I love about it is that um, these are men and women who come from all walks of life all business experiences, all different life experiences, but they share that passion for booking the trend, for challenging tradition, 
And that's that, that's a very notable yeah. and powerful thing, isn't it? I like it. I like being in that rarefied air of, of people who are willing to challenge that. Shoot the odd sacred cow, debunk the odd myth. You know, it's all good for me. Um, I come from that place. You know, I'm, I'm unrelenting in my challenges. So, you know, I like it. And um, I'm not trying to persuade people that they should be the same, but there's so many people who want to do things. And what, what I love about it is, and it's why I love the SAS Alliance community as well, Mark, is the, the richness and diversity of what people do. You know, so whatever people are capable of doing, they're doing. And that means that can serve as inspiration for others or it can serve as instruction for others. You know, you want to, you're thinking about getting involved in a commercial to residential conversion. Okay, well, go and talk to Mark and Nigel. They've done a few of those. They'll show you what they did. And that's the other aspect of this. This is a, in my experience, I don't know what you were, I've never been a corporate employee now, so you'd have to tell me what it was like. But was it as sharing and as open as it is in like the world of SAS sharing everything, opening the kimono and saying, have a look, you can see all of my ideas for free. Or was it a little bit guarded and a little bit protected? Yeah, I think it was a little bit guarded uh, in, in many areas. And and despite, you know, the type of culture you try and bring, you know, the, the, over, the overbearing culture is always greater than the, uh, the individuals. So, yeah. Many will be intrigued uh, and well, absolutely fascinated and hungry to, to, to know more about us as SAS. So people starting on their journey, what, what advice and support would you suggest that they reach out for just so they start to understand um, whether a SAS is, is right for them? And you've helped many people. In fact, you, you helped Nigel and I uh, when we created our, our SAS for the, for the second time, the rebirth. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, what, what advice would you give people who want to take those foremost uh, steps? Well, I mean, the first thing is, you know, this is an eligibility issue, okay? So you, you've got to determine whether you're eligible. And that eligibility test applies in four ways. First of all, it applies to self. You know, are you the kind of person who wants to take control? Are you the kind of person who wants to build wealth? Are you the kind of person who's looking to do some things that a SaaS is capable of doing. And usually, if you're trying to build it for sustainable future income, you can do it, pretty much. So so one is self-introspection. You know, is that, are you the kind of person who's willing to do that? Two is then, you know, you want to look at, um, do am I eligible in the eyes of HMRC? So HMRC give a kind of a stamp or a rubber stamp like a driving license for you to operate SAS. And in order to give that driving license, they need to check that you are a legitimate business owner. So do you have a legitimate business with intention or experience of trading in something? Now, you can't just set up a company to set up a SAS. That's not a good plan. It doesn't matter. Take your time. There's no rush. You know, um, people often have their pension for 25 years. So if it takes you 25 months to get ready, it doesn't matter. Take your time. There's no rush. There's no game here. Um, it's about what you want to do. So get your limited company set up, get it clear and established, you know, have some track record if you can, ideally, or certainly if you don't have a track record in your business, have a track record in what your business is going to do. So for example, many people in property will have a limited company that's relatively new it is a response to Section 24, but they've been involved in property for years. 
So the combination of a relatively new limited company plus that experience is probably enough. So check your eligibility. The third thing is you need to you know, check the eligibility of the pensions you've got. So if you're bringing in money from the wasteland mark, if you're bringing in that money from the old corporate or your old personal pension or a SIP or whatever, you're thinking about doing that, you should check that out. You know, Have somebody professionally look at that, get some guidance to make sure you understand what you've got. So if you're going to take it with you to a sort of a new chapter in your life, you've had somebody look at that for you to say, hey, yeah, you can do that. You're not going to suffer a penalty. You're not going to suffer any uh, lack of protection or gain that you didn't know or understand because you didn't really understand your pension in the first place. You just got that statement out. And I see this a lot. Um, you know, two examples I could give you in the, even in the last uh, week or so. One person I saw with with a, the company was gung-ho for the SAS, you know, got fired up. But there was a penalty on there, five grand, you know, and uh, usually the same company comes up time and time again. St. James's Place, I might mention their name. Uh, they often have very high penalties. And, um, and you know, so you've got to go, hold on, hold on. Let's just check this penalty. You know, was that, is this a legitimate penalty? Um, is there a way, did you know about it? Because sometimes people weren't, it wasn't explained to them properly. So there are things they can do. And another one, I saw a guy had um, an old pension, what used to be called a director's pension. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a sommelier when it comes to one. Um, but I'm also a sommelier when it comes to pensions. I can read a pension statement and I know what it is. So I looked at that one and it was an old exec pension. And I said, we've got to check the tax-free cash on that. 100% tax-free cash. So it was one of the old schemes where every single penny he could take completely free of tax. Well, usually it's 25%. So you can't move that one. You shouldn't move that one. You know, you can move the rest, but that one you should leave behind. See what I mean? So you need that eligibility check. And then the fourth one, and this is going to really get people fired up and incensed. They're going to be incensed because everybody thinks their pension is their pension, but it isn't. It belongs in trust law to the trustee. And who's the trustee of your pension? Well, if somebody's logo's on it, it's their pension. They have the control. And some companies keep the control. So you might say, right, I'm setting up my SAS. I'm all limited company now. I'm all eligible. I've got my track record. Um, my IFA's looked at the pension. All looks good. I'm ready to go. And they say, we're not sending it. We're not letting it go. What do you mean you're not letting it go? Well, we don't think you should do it. We believe that you could be being scammed. Somebody could be offering you weird and wonderful products to invest your SaaS in, and you don't have a strong enough track record. So we just don't believe we should send that. And we're going to, exp um, we're going to use our discretionary powers to say no. And that happens. People don't realize that can happen. Now, we know how that does happen. We know who does that more often than not. Um, so we understand that game. But, you know, let's just be clear. You can fail at the final eligibility hurdle by just not knowing what the attitude of your current trustee is. Now, we know that, and we know the same protagonists and the same people all the time. So we've got a backlog and a waiting list and a sort of like a, 
a landing strip of pensions coming from those same companies because we fight, we win, and we get our clients their money. But an ordinary person can be put off. You know, they go, well, oh, they've said no. And then they go, oh, I'm incensed, but, you know, that's it. Pensions, they were always crap, you know, and they just leave it when they shouldn't. And and so our, our job um, to help people is to work out, you know, whether all this, these things line up. So, you know, there's a little bit of work to do, but so there should be. You know, if you're going to dramatically transform your wealth and bring your pensions into play, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. And, and also there's going to be a couple of naysayers in there, not least probably some, not all, but some IFAs will be resisting it because, remember, I mentioned funds under management. IFAs, you know, will get paid for funds under management. And if you yeah. remove that money to buy property, then you're taking money from their recurring income and they don't like it. Now, some IFAs are good IFAs and they will do it genuinely and have best intentions. And I believe all IFAs have good intentions. But when there's a conflict of interest as big as that, uh, sometimes it will show itself. Well, I I spent 17 years with an IFA and I didn't have the, I wasn't equipped with the ability to ask the tough questions to the IFA. And the words, or those four letters, SAS, never, ever came up as an option. I didn't even know it existed. So how could I ask the question? Um, so, you know, asking those tough questions um, was very difficult. And I know you you help many people to to navigate those those questions to decide not only whether a SAS is right for them, but then how do you how do you get started? So that's that's yeah. been invaluable to many, I know. So um wealth builders, um tell us a bit about wealth builders and, and how wealth builders is helping um so many people in the in the SAS environment, Kevin. Yeah, well, I mean, Wealth Builders, as I mentioned earlier on, is a community of like-minded people who have have said, look, enough's enough. We're challenging this. You know, we're not doing the old get a good job, save money and hope for the best. We're going to build our assets. And we've got a, you know, roadmap called the Recurring Revenue Roadmap. It's a nine-step process that is easy to follow. It's it's in an order and a sequence. Um, I'm more than happy to make that available to anybody who's interested um, and the seven assets, so you know, written books on these things, and they're available for anybody who wants to check out wealth builders. But essentially, we believe that you know there's, there are some ingredients in wealth building, um, and the starting point is holistic. It needs to be holistic. There are so many trainers and people out there where their skill set is myopic. It's one thing, you know, I'm good at property, I'm good at trading, I'm good at crypto, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. Uh, wealth builders, unfortunately, through my experience of making thousands and thousands of distinctions over, you know, quite a large number of years now, um, you know, I have the financial intelligence to have been able to spot the distinctions. And my brain, uh, fortunately, is a CAT scan brain, so I can talk to somebody about their finances and zip, 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 zip through their numbers and, and find ways for them to improve themselves holistically that they'll miss and overlook for themselves. And what I'm trying to do is teach other people to do the same. So, so the community was founded by me, but now, thankfully, with with the great help of people like Christian Rodwell and Paul Brooks, you know, uh, they're helping me expand it. So Paul looks after the SaaS side of things. Christian looks after the membership side. So at any point in time, we're educating people holistically with a step-by-step process that is entirely unbiased. So we're not focused on 
you should do this kind of strategy or that kind of strategy. And, and it's, it's provided with a monthly checkup. So there's a mantra within Wealth Builders, and anybody who knows me will come with smile because they've heard me say it every time they hear me, which is never let 30 days go by without doing something to build your wealth. And so we kind of have coaching calls with people, We've got six coaches, and those coaches speak to our clients every single month to make sure that they're doing something, whether it's education, whether it's making a connection to someone, whether it's doing some due diligence, whether it's you know actually taking a first action and then measuring the results of that, discussing that, and then deciding whether to go again with that particular strategy or to, or to go somewhere else and, and do another strategy. Um, we don't try and overwhelm people with the seven different ways to build wealth or seven different core assets. You should do all seven at once, you know, do one at a time or two at a time, depending on your bandwidth. Uh, anyway, so it's an organized sequential process of getting people within a three to seven year process from where they are now to complete financial independence. And for most people, that figure in our community is about 10 grand a month. Um and I have, a, I have a challenge for people. Would you rather work for another 25 years, trading time for money, watching the stock market, give and take, and charging fees, or would you rather work really hard for five years and be financially independent for the rest of your life? Choice is yours. You know? And those people who take the choice with us, we love it, and we get such a kick out of it. And SAS plays such a leading role in that because it's a way to empower money they've forgotten that was simply riding the stock market wave, you know, paying out typically 2% in fees as a percentage, you know, so the more they make, the more that was being taken, whereas not the true in SaaS, SaaS fees are fixed because it's administration, because guess who's doing the work? You are. So you don't need to pay anybody else. You're paying yourself by keeping that money. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, SaaS is such a powerful part of that. And probably given that wealth is an entrepreneurial thing anyway, you've got to want to be an entrepreneur. Um, some people don't have businesses, but they all in the end will have a business and they all in the end will most likely have a SaaS. Um, not every single one, but pretty much, which means it's such a powerful part of what we do. And um, everybody gets there in the end and they see it and they share their, their stories. And, um, you know, wealth building is all about maximizing the return on everything and, and avoiding kind of wastage and loss in so many different places and traditional pensions are just such a bad value for money really yeah so if people would like to get in contact with with you and your team kevin how can they do that and understand more well if anybody wants any free resources the books or um the roadmap just send an email to hello at wealthbuilders.co.uk definitely mention you guys, because, you know, you know, mention Mark, mention Nigel or Equa, because, you know, it's always good to know who's been instrumental in saying hi or putting the connection in place. Or just connect with, with me if you want to connect with me personally on LinkedIn or uh, Facebook or, or Clubhouse, Mark. See, we're both regularly on Clubhouse. You know, at Wealth Builders is my handle on, on Clubhouse. But look, we're just sharers. We give so much for free. You know, this is not about... Uh, we, we're not kind of on a, a funnel of, uh, you know, here's something free, here's something that we want to send you, and you go to the back of the room, and there's none of that stuff at all. It's just here's some free stuff, you know, try and embrace it, learn something, and if you resonate with us, great. If you don't, that's good, as long as you take a lesson and go somewhere else. 
um, to improve your wealth. So I'm really happy about that. Brilliant. Well, Nigel and I, we hugely appreciate um, your your friendship. Uh, we're business partners, but also the support you've also given us over the years with with our SaaS. Um, it's always an absolute pleasure, Nigel. We, we love Kevin's company and and the wisdom that that always comes from these discussions. Very, very much so. And you know, SaaS, SaaS is a wonderful thing. And if if you're into you know multi generational creation and passing things on on to the next generation and there beyond, you know, SaaS is just one of many tools that you could select. And uh, you know, certainly it fits very well in our toolbox, Mark, doesn't it? You know, in terms of that objective in life, it does. And no, no better person to to, to guide you than than Kevin. And uh, Kevin, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have you on Property Portfolio Podcast and the breakfast uh, session with Nigel and I. No, I've enjoyed it, and it's been interesting because I know you so well. It's kind of odd <laughs> having a conversation about me because, like, oh, it's a bit weird. You're asking me questions about me when, uh, but I hope you discovered something. Um, and probably anybody looking at me realised, well, he's way past 46. So I did survive the old geezer, um, and I have put lots of things in place um, for the next generation, and, and SAS has been instrumental in that. So whether you resonate with me or not, find out about SAS. Find somebody you resonate with and decide whether it's for you. Well, he would be incredibly uh, proud of you, Kevin, and uh, and I'm proud that we've got the relationship between Equa Academy and Wealth Builders that, that we have today. So thank you very much indeed, Kevin. Thank you, thank sir. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.